Hi, this is Libby here, and today we have an episode where Dylan and Andrew discuss... Uh, oh, well, I can't tell you that, or I'll give things away. In it, Andrew says, Oh, I can't tell you that either, sorry. I don't want to spoil it for you. Maybe I can tell you that they're joined by... Oh, now wait a minute. I better not mention that either. Boy, that's the trouble with mysteries. You can't say anything about them or you'll give something away. I guess you'll just have to stay tuned and find out for yourself on today's episode of the Wadfam Chalk Pod. Oh, hi there. I was just editing one of my episodes here. I'm Dylan James Weaver, but you can call me Dylan. And this is the podcast. Hey, let's see how this thing sounds. Oh, whoa, whoa, hold in. Okay, so it needs a little more work. But that's the exciting part, because you never know what you'll discover along the way. Oh, don't take my word for it, though. You can find out yourself when you come along on today's episode of the Wadfam Chalk Pod. It's another beautiful day to podcast, and Dylan and Andrew are busy down in the studio. Right now, they're making small talk, but in a very short time, they'll discuss something else. Something very dark and mysterious. Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. I'm Andrew Sabo. And we're joined today by a special guest. I'm Brendan Sabo. Hi, Brendan. Hello. How are you? You notice we have the same last name? Isn't that pretty neat? <laughs> I wonder how that It's happened. a complete coincidence. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But, you know, we some people say we look alike. Yeah. For the far and wide fans, I'm the older brother. Yeah, that's true. Well, long-time listeners will know him as Paul McCusker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's I did true. that warning. Yeah, he, did, he, did, he did voice the, the scary voice <laughs> in, in the warnings. That's right. Yeah. Um, but, Brendan. Brendan. Yes. Tell us a little about about your experience with Odyssey. Oh my goodness. Um, So I've been listening to Adventures in Odyssey for my entire conscious life. Okay. So I I don't, I don't remember. I remember getting out all of the cassettes from the church library. And then losing them all. (laughs) Shut up. Some of those, some, uh, Andrew and I have an older sister named Colleen. Colleen lost a lot of those. Okay. It was both of us. Okay. And uh, so... I have been listening for a really long time. I've been following the cassettes. And then I remember I went to a Mennonite school for, uh, I think, through fourth grade. And sometimes during lunch break, if we were good, they would play an Adventures in Odyssey episode. Ooh. During lunch? Yeah. If we were, Dang. Yeah, because we go to ate lunch school. in the rooms. Oh, okay. So, like, in the classroom, we didn't have a cafeteria. It would have been hilarious if we did have a cafeteria yeah. and they were just broadcast. That's just playing it. But that's what I'm imagining. That's so funny, though, because I had, I had, um, like, I, like, I had a big cafeteria and stuff. Uh, I'm just imagining playing anything for everybody would have been nuts. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So we would listen to Adventures in Odyssey in the classroom. And I remember hearing. So this was 2003 and 2004. This was just after the Novacom, and it was a big Mm -hmm. deal because, shout out to Kelly Gilbert, that's not her last name anymore, Um, (laughs) she she brought in 
the all new Adventures in Odyssey, they were on CDs. Oh, yeah. and that was Dang. like what? And yeah, uh, yeah. Could, yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah, I've been listening to Adventures in Odyssey for a very long time, and actually, the episodes that I'm going to be here to talk about with my boys <laughs> is one of my all time favorites. Really? Oh yeah. It both thrilled and sh- frightened the crap out of me as a kid. Okay. All right. There were some spooky, spooky moments. Yeah. Um, but I always, foreshadowing, I always liked the darker Adventures in Odyssey episodes. <laughs> yeah. I always liked, like... Well, yeah, the really the intense ones. The, yeah. the more intense yeah. ones. So, like, yeah. Blackguard was always a big thing for me, but I had a love-hate relationship with Blackguard because he also scared the heck out of me. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I mean, um, I think that's everybody's experience. Yeah, but then, like, the search for wit was really... Or the search for wit was really good. I remember that being, like, your favorite. The Case of the Secret Room was one of my favorites. Um... The whole uh, darkness before dawn. If you guys ever mm-hmm. do that, yep. Like, yeah. Hook that, your boy up. Yeah. I'll be in for like at least one of those because those I've. I love those. Yeah, those are super good. Well, and I started having rituals with it, where it's like every summer, <laughs> I would listen to Darkness Before Dawn the whole way through, like over the course of a couple of days or a week. So before binge watching was a thing. You binge listening to Odyssey. I was binge listening Amen. to Odyssey and trying to clean my room. <laughs> yep. But yep. I would stop cleaning my room and play like um Star Whoa. No Star Wars chess, which was on my computer. Oh yeah, wow. I remember that. I remember yeah. Star Wars chess. So I mean these were this is long story short well, it can't be called short anymore because I've just been <laughs> rambling. But Adventures in Odyssey has been very, very important in my childhood. Yeah. Well, and, and it's—I mean—it's a big reason I think that why I got so into it um, sure. was was because of you. And I mean, it was just something that was like all we always had it. We was always playing. Um, like you were the reason I got into Novacom for sure. Right. But uh, then there's like this weird thing that happens afterwards, where it's like it's kind of the same thing with conservative Christianity. If you meet another person, (laughs) no, I mean, when you meet somebody else, actually, I had a conversation about this episode with my barber yesterday. Okay. And he was like, are you doing anything fun this weekend? I was like, well, actually, I'm recording a podcast with my brother Mm -hmm. and his friend. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, oh, what's the subject of the podcast? And I was like, were you raised conservative Christian? (laughs) I think I know that about you. And he's like, yeah, I was. I was like, so you remember Adventures in Odyssey? And his face like lit up. He's yeah, like, like yep, yes, yes, I, I do. do. And yeah. I was like, well, let me tell you, the Wad Fam Chalk Pod. And he literally subscribed and downloaded several episodes on the spot because he had a long hey, drive ahead of him. So it was like, shout out to your barber. Yeah, when shout out to this. Josh. But um, <laughs> but no, it's like one of those things that connects people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, for sure. I, you don't have to love everything about Odyssey yeah. to love the fact that that was part of your childhood yeah for sure it it is so nostalgic for so many people in like a very tight demographic mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like what? it's doesn't have like the widespread nostalgia of mm-hmm. like you know cyber chase but yeah. it's got like the niche nostalgia because of, of, of well and because think, every christian kid was exposed to it yeah and it was it's it we've talked about it. it's like this weird medium of it being like well it's focused on the family, so they can. You can just listen to it as much as you want. It doesn't matter. Right. And like, 
it was something it was, that I liked. Right. One of the only entertainment sources that we had that we had unlimited access yeah, to. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A you good could listen point. to it as much right. as you wanted. I could literally fall asleep. Like, once we got it on CDs, yeah. I could literally fall asleep to Adventures in Odyssey and wake up to it. Yeah. Like, because there were periods of time where I didn't like sleeping to Dead Space. Like, yeah, I wanted yeah, yeah. something yeah. and I wanted it to be story driven. Yeah, absolutely. So, I would listen to Redwall on tape. Or I would listen to Adventures in Odyssey. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. yeah. Well, that's a really good that's a really good jumping off point for what we're talking about today. Because yeah. you were saying this episode specifically. Uh, what episode are we talking about today, Dylan? Uh, this is uh, episode thirty nine, our earliest episode we've covered. It's the case of the secret room, part one. Yeah, thirty nine is whack. So this is on the second album. Yeah, um, which has changed names. We're talking about that like what three times. Yeah, it it started out. As a horrible name, name of Grins, Grabbers, and the Great Getaways. Yeah, why is it called Grabbers? I, I don't know. I don't like I don't, that word. Stories at all. that grab you. So, so it went from Grins, Grabbers, and Great Getaways uh, because the early albums of Odyssey all had this triple alliteration thing, right. where of it would be the same like three words yeah. start with the same letter in a series with an and mm-hmm. um then they renamed it stormy weather mm-hmm. um for i think that's the golden audio cd release yeah it became stormy weather that's what we had it as because there's the one episode where there's the storm and constant yeah. wits end and the window breaks mm-hmm. and all that yep and then more recently um when they did the most recent re-release that was uh, retitled the wildest summer ever which is very interesting that they would put, like, this is supposed to have taken place over one summer. Like, that's the point. Is it? I guess. I think they just grabbed the title, but I, also... Well, because there's the, there's the Barkley family yeah. vacation. There's the camp one. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, the there are a lot of summery episodes yeah. on this album, so it, it so. makes sense to, to an extent. Right. This, uh, this episode first aired August 13th of 1988. Oh, wow. boy. It is, yeah. I mean, we said it's the earliest episode. It was our first episode from the 80s. Yeah. That is, that yeah. was a time. Well, and this show started, what, in 86? Uh, yeah. So it's, it's iffy because they did, the I think the first official Odyssey episode airs in 87. Yeah. But they have a couple pilot runs before that. Um, yeah. So. Which is absolutely so yeah. bonkers. Yeah. I know we talk about that all the time, but it's still like they put they they're, they're still putting out new episodes. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. It has been going for over thirty years now. Yeah. Like, good lord. Yeah. Um, Complete nonsense. Um, and this episode is uh, written and directed by Paul McCusker. Yeah. Why don't we jump in, roll in the promo. Next time on Adventures in Odyssey, Wit and the gang find a secret room and a deadly secret. Looks like a bullet hole in the shirt. It's a classic case of whodunit. I think it was an inside job. Only the crime happened 50 years ago. Nobody really knows anything. Maybe it's time we found out. Help solve the mystery. I told you yesterday that it's a closed case. On the next Adventure in Odyssey. I think wow. this might genuinely be the best promo we've covered. Yeah, that was really spooky. That was good. That yeah, was real good. I, I liked that quite a bit. They did a good job with that. <laughs> um, yeah, so 
like like we said, so this is super early. I mean, for just for context, I don't know if Odyssey had put out anything like this before this. Anything yeah, like it might very be, mystery. I wonder if based. it is the the wiki doesn't say one way or the other, but it wouldn't surprise me if this is the first one to have a parental warning on it. Yeah. Uh and the parental warning is that on both parts or just part two? No, I think it is on both parts. Okay. But but yeah, it is it's an intense episode. It really is. And I think that was one of the reasons like I wasn't super into it as a kid because it was like very into it. Uh, um, How are we so alike as adults, but we were so different as kids? <laughs> well, when it was like, <laughs> I don't know, like there was just parts of it like, like there were intense parts of other ones that I liked. Um, like we've talked about like, you know, Castles and Cauldrons, like the Mortal Coil, stuff like that. Like, wh- like when I was older, where it was like really intense and like very... Um, I don't know, like emotionally stimulating, I guess would be the word I would use. For some reason, this one, I think this one was just, it was, I mean, it's dark. It is spooky. Like we, you know, we talked about like the music in this episode is dank, like in yeah. the, in the gross basement way of dank. Um, yeah. No, it's, you know, it's good music. I, the promo is so good at setting the tone yeah. and setting up the mystery elements without mm. giving anything away mm-hmm. that it makes me even more frustrated with the ridiculous intro to this episode. Yeah, the intro is absolutely like, what? Like, so, okay, we, so... we listen to the radio version yeah. um, for this rather, oh than the, um, rather than the album version because that's what I had on hand. And... Uh, <laughs> There are, it it takes like three minutes yeah. for this episode to, to begin. Start. It's a twenty five minute episode with ads. <laughs> like right off the top, we have thirty seconds of Chris stumbling through. Yeah, because she's like, "Oh, well, I can't get. I let me start to say something and then cut myself off because that would give something in a way, right? Yeah. But in a way that is so horribly scripted. Yeah, it's it is. quite bad, <laughs> and. I, Honestly, I just imagine Chris, well, whoever plays Chris. No, Chris is her name. Yeah, Chris is her. Is her what? She's not her a name. character. But she, she is? <laughs> she's sometimes a character, but she's actually a person named Chris Anthony. Yeah. Chris is like the Odyssey equivalent of the Angel of the Lord. <laughs> it's like, isn't the Theophany? Is it not? <laughs> Yeah, yeah it, that it's, out there. it's a little bit. I may be yeah. a heathen, no, but I reminds, know what a theophany is. <laughs> it, it reminds me a bit of like in the office when they finally like address the fact that there's they've been filming a documentary and like the cameraman gets involved and you're like, what? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's happening? Yeah. It is. It, she's in later episodes. A lot of what we covered. She's way more disconnected from mm-hmm. the show itself. Yeah. Where she's just like, hi. I'm Chris. Yeah. And then at the end, like, recaps, asks mm. the questions, reads the credits. Yeah. But in early episodes, this one in particular, she is, like, very involved. Sometimes there's, like, like weird sketches. Yeah. And in this one, yeah, she's got that 30 seconds. Then Wit gets his long classic intro where he's yeah. making the invention and it yeah. fails. Yeah. Then we get more, more Chris. Chris. Yeah. Where she... Is this the point? This is the point where she's giving the parental warning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So that didn't exist on the cassettes. That's yeah. a radio thing. Yeah. On the cassettes, it was literally just Chris saying, like, we're going to get into something. And her words are something very dark, 
and mysterious. Yes. And like yep. that was it. As yeah. a kid, it's it was so... like you heard you heard Wits like uh failed adventure or yep. invention yep. Yeah. intro and then you heard Chris say it's gonna get dark and mysterious and you're like, right. Whoa, what's going on? Right. Yeah. Like, Which <gasps> is then what happens is so she does the Mm-hmm. She she does the whole parental warning. Then she sends the show off to a commercial break. Yep. She comes back from the commercial break and does the dark and mysterious thing. Yeah. And then, now that we've been listening to the show for like three minutes, and imagine on the radio too, you're, you're tuning into this show when it starts. Yeah. Then you get two minutes of nothing, go to a commercial break, and yeah. come back, and the episode actually begins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no TV show is, like, does that, where they, like, play, play the, theme the theme song, song and, and then, then cut to a commercial break. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever seen, like, a commercial break in the NFL, like, right after a kick? Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, there's... If we want to talk about, like, TV timeouts and sports, like, that is... Only the NFL could get away with a commercial break like that. Yeah. I mean, it's the only way you can stretch a 60-minute football game into literally, like, four hours in some instances. Um, the, the other part that's great about it is she spends the first 30 seconds saying, like, pretending like she can't give anything away but then she does the whole like setup with the mm-hmm. it's there's a, something in the basement dark and mysterious and i'm like but you just cut yourself off from giving anything yeah. away <laughs> and now you're like oh well i'll i'll, I'll give a couple things away well, now, we'll give away. Some now that you've away. listened to the commercial we'll yeah. give up some give away some stuff <laughs> we gotta get our airtime oh. um but so yeah so the episode then actually starts with uh wit and tom and jamie in the basement right at wit's yeah. end and uh they're working on an instant freezer yep. which is a genius idea i know <laughs> i have wanted this to exist since i was yep. a wee lad who listened <laughs> to, to this, this episode, episode. exactly oh, yeah. where i was like there are so many times when like yeah. my soup is too hot and i want it to cool down fast <laughs> like i love the way <laughs> you don't just keep like nitrogen around <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> dry ice yeah. that'll work yeah like i love the i love the line too where he's like well a microwave heats stuff up yeah really fast and yeah. i wanted something that would cool stuff down really fast and i was like oh yeah microwaves someone are... should make that yeah yeah exactly it makes so much sense and like, then you wait, learn how why microwaves... aren't you an inventor yeah like and this was the thing it was i was like is this only ever mentioned in this, this episode, episode. It is because it is so strong in my, in my mind memory that I'm like, a is, genius this, idea. is this just like always the thing what's working on? I'm so glad that this is something that stuck with you as well because yeah. oh my lord, <laughs> I remember hearing you're that like, and being like, that's genius. <laughs> you're like ten albums later, and you're like, wit. How are you? How's it coming with that patent? Like, yeah, are we there yet? Yeah, yeah like we we need this. Can, can we please uh, can we please revisit his the, uh, money has the come. instant freezer yeah. in the uh, in the new the new episodes? Can that we get an awesome. AIO club episode that is just about the instant freezer? I'll please. subscribe. Yeah, I, I don't will. care how hard it is. Yeah, I will. I, 
I will drive to Colorado and apply in person <laughs> if, if, if I get this. Um, if you can find a way to tie the chairman into it, I'm even more on board. <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh my gosh, the chairman comes back and he's just interested in the instant freeze. <laughs> he went from mind control to like, cool it off quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the George Foreman of bad guys. <laughs> Oh, yes. Instant freezer, great idea. Oh, hey, look. The wiki has an instant freezer page. Does it really? (laughs) And it's just for this episode. It just says, dang it. The instant freezer is an invention of wits that, as he puts it, is basically the opposite of a microwave oven. And uh, it is uh, only in this one episode. So, for now. We actually know what we're talking about for once. Yeah, I'm so proud of us. All right, so tweet at us, though. jumping into the plot here, <laughs> Wood explains what he's doing. He drops um, a computer like, transistor. transistor. A transistor, that's, that's right. right. Because let's just throw the word transistor around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the 80s. Who knows yeah, computers, transistors, we're good, right? Yeah. Right, so it falls, under a, it falls under a really large cabinet. A floor-to-ceiling like, wardrobe. Yeah. Which is... Narnia creepy as heck that that's <laughs> Which, just sitting and, there and it was it's just sitting there in this basement and it was there when he bought it right meaning meaning like, what? for an incredibly curious man he has shockingly little curiosity about his basement in this giant Which just, wardrobe honestly you know what here's what i think it is i think the basement of wit's end is actually just really spooky i've always imagined it as a spooky unfinished basement yeah and i think maybe wit's creeped out a little bit I think he might be a little bit. Yeah. But it's also his workshop. It's like, so I'll be working there. on applesauce over yeah. here. We'll yeah. just leave the wardrobe over there. there. Yeah. <laughs> there and are then noises. And maybe there's the secret passage to Maris. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. That was a good one. That was a good well one. Well done, <laughs> So they decide that in order to get the transistor, they're going to have to move this floor-to-ceiling cabinet. Yep. They move it. And there's a room. Jamie says, oh, it's by the door. They're like, what door? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it rolls under and she's like, ah, it's it's back there. I can see it. It's behind the, it's back by the door. Yeah. The what door. door. <laughs> like the everyone door. does a spit take. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the door behind the cabinet. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. oh my gosh. And you're like, okay. Okay, yeah. we get it. So there's yeah. a door. Nobody knows about it. We're going to open it up. It's yep. stuck, but not locked. Right. Oh, we, we can address... Uh, Jamie is Tom's grandniece, oh. so she is the granddaughter of his sister. Okay, All interesting. Right. And she's young. Yes, like, she's like. Yes. I'm imagining like second grade, probably. Oh no, I always thought of her as older than that. She's. I don't know. She's, she's probably really in young. like. She's maybe like I don't know, eight to ten. Like, is she older than that? You think that she's, she's not? Like eight? I thought of her as like a preteen, but I. I mean, that is preteen. Well, no, everything ten, before like thirteen is preteen. Dylan. I know. <laughs> when I think of preteen, I think of like eleven and twelve. Yeah, yeah maybe because no, eleven I, and twelve is like sixth and seventh grade. Yeah, she doesn't talk like a sixth or seventh grader. Oh, she's got a decent vocabulary. She's pretty intelligent. She doesn't have a library card, which we'll get to. But <laughs> very, I mean, very, I think she's doing okay. <laughs> yeah, very decently addressed. <laughs> Lack of library card. <laughs> she, she's a child. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> My notes for this episode jump from, sure, let's just solve a freaking murder to, 
Everyone needs a library card. <laughs> Everybody yes. really needs a uh-huh. library card. The library is amazing. Yeah. And uh, uh-huh. and Wit loves it. Just yeah. everything I, I want. It's just the the Tom and Wit like back and forth at the beginning is so good. Like it's yeah. it's honestly really impressive that um Walker Edmondson has great chemistry here with Hal Smith, but then mm. also manages to replicate that with, with Paul Erlinger later. Yeah. Right. Um, when he takes over as Wit, because they, I think that that goes a long way to making Wit feel like Wit is that Tom people everybody treats like him the same, the right. same, and yeah. like it's such good, like they have such good friend chemistry. Yeah. All right. Well, who is a better dynamic, uh, Tom and Wit or Bernard and Wit? I I think Tom, Tom and Wit are like they just have that like we've been friends forever and we're not willing to call the other person out for them being ridiculous all right one more okay because this is not what this show does but i'm such an either or person tom and wit or jack and wit oh Oh, see that that's hard because yeah jack and wit do have like the college they've got the long history yeah um yeah but i'll tell you what i think life is i think you only need one jack and wit relationship in your life (laughs) but yeah. You could have a couple Tom and Wits, and that would be a pretty happy life. Yeah. So. There you go. That's that's some top-notch analysis right there. Andrew, am I more a Jack to you or a Tom to you? Jack, for sure. You guys have really? Known you guys have yeah. known each other forever. Yeah. Well, By yeah. definition. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, Jack is always, like, this kind of, like, wiser, leveler person than Wit. No. no. I think it's... I think good. Jack and Wit almost They're function more, more as peers. Well... Tom, later Tom in Novacom stuff, stuff we've covered, like, Tom yeah. kind of holds wit and check sometimes. Yeah, he really That's does true. in the uh, Eugene episodes as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Eugene comes back and Tom's like, I'm not taking a yeah. part of this, John Avery. Yeah. Like, you know they're good friends because he breaks out the John Avery. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's that's difficult to say because there's so much of our relationship where you're, like, very much older than me and very much, like, it feels a lot more like you're, I guess my superior and then there's more peer stuff like you know it just depends on what's going on and you know whether i'm coming to you for advice or something like that sure. um so that's that's a hard question i would say it goes i would say it goes back and forth depending yeah, that's on kind of like our uh, jd turk relationship that flip-flops quite a bit <laughs> listen really to the scrub does. soundtrack there's only two episodes <laughs> <laughs> all right okay all right back to it so they find they find the room yep yep they open the door and they and look, all of a sudden they first gets... see shelves yeah right shelves boxes dead person <laughs> <laughs> with a bullet hole no, yeah and, and it's oh, yeah. 48 caliber bullet no hole. it's 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 38 but yeah 38, 38 caliber bullet hole. yeah it's like which one of these is not like the other yeah exactly oh man i always picture so when you pictured this did you picture uh the body in a rocking chair no (laughs) no i do picture the body sitting in a chair despite the fact that it is just a skeleton and that's not how skeletons work no, it's not in a chair. It's crumpled up and like sitting in the corner on the floor with its legs out. That's what I think of. Oh no, I totally thought it was like No, I in a rocking chair, yep. arms out to the side. It's got like the maintenance shirt yeah. and there's a hole in it. Oh boy. Yeah. Like I <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right. Open it... coke bottle to the side. Like 
He was just chilling down there. It's like, I'm just chilling in this room. Oh, no, I got shot. <laughs> and I'm dead yeah. now. <laughs> and the end. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny to imagine someone shot this guy and then sat him in a chair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh, no, he was sitting in the chair. He was just chilling. Yeah. He was just like, oh, he was sitting there and then they shot him. Just hanging yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. You know, in the closet behind the wardrobe. Yeah. Um, well, so that's another thing. Yeah, where did I, the wardrobe come from? Did he build the wardrobe what? to cover the closet? <laughs> Is, was, was there a convenient was, wardrobe? Was there right already next to one there, and he moved it over in front of the yeah, closet? Yeah. In which case, how did no one go down in the basement and go? Where there is now a wardrobe in front of the closet? Yeah. Like this closet had to be used by someone. It's some other point, than the dead guy. There were shelves. Like, and it doesn't have a soil floor. I don't. Know. I oh yeah, like I always it. think the floor is unfinished because how could they? Yeah. How could they dig through it? Yeah. How. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. They de- the the closet floor definitely unfinished. Yeah, it's but, dirt. But yeah, so they, this guy, this guy kills a man, sticks him in a closet, then builds, builds a, a wardrobe, wardrobe, sticks it in front of the closet, and nobody asks any, any questions. questions as to also, he insulates the wardrobe so as not to let any of the smell of a decomposing body, body go through there. That's no, like, one of those floor to ceiling yeah, ones. Yeah. They don't make them like they used to. You Tom said, like if you ever had a dead rat in your house no oh. immediately you oh can my. smell it all right like was... it takes a day or two and you're like holy crap there is a something dying in here and they're like they're tiny yeah i was uh interning at a church and there was a dead rat in the walls in like sort of the vestibule like as you walk into the building so you just get this waft of just like death. Yeah. What <laughs> in the Sam heck is that? <laughs> yeah, and I remember going to upstairs. The, all place. the offices were upstairs, and it was my first day there. And I was like, "Do you guys smell that?" And they're like, "We're not sure what it is, but don't worry. Sunday morning, we have like basically air fresheners and fans set up. <laughs> <We're> just like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> what are we doing?" <laughs> Now imagine it's a full, full body. body. Yeah, exactly. Like, there is a decomposing like human. You, so you work at the Fillmore Recreation Center doing something else. <laughs> you walk down in the basement to get, I don't know, a can of tuna. Yeah. And there is a new wardrobe <laughs> yeah. where there used to be a closet yep. and it smells, smells like, like death. death. Like, And then how? you rethink that tuna and you think... Maybe this tuna went bad. Yeah, I was gonna like, say, could how do you the tuna? How do you? How does this go unsolved for forty years? I I don't know. Like I get that when Wit moved in, the body was decomposed. The body was already gone. The wardrobe had been there, but there were people there when the transition happened, and nobody noticed. I'm just guessing. That it was one of those situations where nobody went in the basement. Yeah, that, yeah I guess like, that is the only option. Like, we just we leave the basement alone because and it could just have bad basement smell. Yeah, and what's well, what's interesting is throughout the course of Odyssey, we get this picture that the basement is getting more and more and more developed. So, right. like, I mean, when they discover the railroad tunnel and everything else, yep. that's what like 10 or 12 albums away from now yeah right but even then they're just starting to kind of finish right. it up and then mm. finally eventually we get the idea that the basement is more or less finished yeah but at this point when wits moved in i mean he buys 
Wits End one album ago, right? Yeah. This is the second album. So, I mean, it makes sense from his perspective that he's just starting to dabble down there. He's just brought some of his tools down. He's yeah. just started inventing again. Yeah, now that's fair. And actually, this is a good spot for a uh, an anecdote from not the official guide, from uh, Adventures in Odyssey, the complete guide, which was published in like 98 or something. It's the 10-year um, book. And they have a really good anecdote here about this episode where... They say the, uh, these episodes referring to this one, part one and part two um, show how Wits End can become as big or as small as we need it to be. We needed a secret room with a secret door, and poof, one magically appeared. Yeah, that checks out. Which is very much how Wits End feels in the beginning. Like, we're only. Mm-hmm. New rooms are popping into existence as they are needed for the plot, plot yeah well, and, and then, then eventually get, it kind of settles in there's like the bible room and but then they add like the room of consequence yeah room of which consequence is later is later on. yeah um there's like the imagination station which is in different rooms yep kids radio uh has a studio room. yeah the little theater yeah um i imagine that's in like the old auditorium of the recreation center yeah what i would guess yeah which what a nuts thing buying a recreation center and opening an ice cream shop <laughs> like think yeah, about your it's... average ice cream shop in a rec center <laughs> right but it's not your average ice cream shop that's that's fair that's fair but like we clearly had big plans big, when, big he, when plans. he purchased it <laughs> He, the man has much foresight. And much money. That's why money. he got into the encyclopedia business. Yeah. And the being God business. Because he didn't business. foresee the internet. Yeah, poor guy. Oh, can we get that AI Hope Club episode? What? Where the, uh, the, what, what's his? What's A universal encyclopedia u- company goes under because of the Google. Because of the internet, Wikipedia just puts. Call it Jujul so you don't get. press out of business. <laughs> Gotta Jujul it. <laughs> probably worth a google <laughs> that's that's good i want that um all right so getting back to the dead body yeah right um, so there's a there's a corpse there's yeah like, and they're tom and wit are like very careful about like no no jamie well, okay. you don't oh, get this to is, see this i remember this so well Wits, because they cut to they cut Wits to infer, they cut to commercial before we find out it's a dead body it looks like a bullet hole in his shirt yeah yeah and then all of a sudden it. Jamie wants to come in, and Wick goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> and like that, it's just Owl. It's just him being Owl from Winnie the Pooh again. <laughs> no, no, no. But anyway, um, <laughs> that cracked me up as a kid. It still cracks me up now. Yeah, it's but really But Jamie funny. is determined to go in. And like, what 8 to 10, right? I'm giving you that. She's 8 to 10. What 8 to 10-year-old girl is like, a dead body. I must <laughs> see this right now. Like, um, what are you doing? No, but like, you're curious as a yeah, kid. Yeah. You're not really like you're young enough that you don't fully grasp what it means for it to be for something to actually be like a dead body. Like, what is trauma? Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, you probably haven't <laughs> you grappled now. with That's mortality at all. Just like, so well, it's just like it's just something cool yeah. out of like you know. Well, and she doesn't a, know it's well, a dead body, right? Yeah. At first, yeah. This is also it's, uh, yeah. because no, I guess they she doesn't. They books, boxes, and then, and then something 
Yeah, and then they're just like, oh, no. And then they cut to the commercial, and then they come back, and then they call the police, and the police show up. But also, the, like, this is literally, that's literally the plot of Stand By Me, is a bunch of kids want to go see a dead body. Yep. I've never seen Stand By Me, so I don't know. Is that a a Doesn't one of the kids, like, fall under a train or something? Uh, there, there's a, there's a, yes. Okay. I was gonna say, that's literally all I know about the movie and I haven't seen it. It's based on a book by Stephen King called The Body, wherein a A bunch bunch of of kids kids want to go see a body. Yeah. (laughs) And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, didn't Stephen King... Stand By Me was like 86 and this is 88, so like... That is very close, actually. Odyssey, you know, this is what's so bizarre to me, because we also ran into this with the whole Novacom thing. Um, sort of the re- like the response to things yeah, yeah. that had already been popular, yep. but like conservative Christianity is not known for being culturally conscious. No, but not Odyssey apparently is. Like they're yeah they're they're but they're doing the thing that CCM often gets you know called out for, which is just like trying to hop on board with whatever the trend is. Yeah. Of oh, like, you mean like oh. a couple of years there where every Christian song had to have an O-O-O part? Yes. Yeah. It's just like, oh, uh, this thing's O-O-O? got mainstream Throwing popular. Throwing shade let's, at you, Run Collective. Yeah. Let's, let's, do the, uh, let's do the Christian version of this. Get it out there real quick. Okay, okay. We're good. Um, mm, yeah. We were only two years late, right? Yeah. But I mean, that's, I, that's still a thing, time. though. That's still a thing. Like, there's like, yeah. like Christian meme reviews and stuff like that. Like... It, all it is is just being like, hey, guys, we can do our stuff, too, and put it on YouTube. And then you're yeah. done. <laughs> like, and, which well, is yeah. fair, but it's, I, I don't think it's going away. No. No. Blimey Cal has made a career out of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's okay. fair. So rolling along, <laughs> they find the body, they freak out about it, and then the next thing we know, they've reported it to the police, yep. and they're starting mm-hmm. to realize, okay, this was a... A drifter known as Spencer Barfield. Barfield. Which, yep. what a name. Yeah. yeah. And so Spencer Barfield apparently got shot in the basement, and it's like, oh, this is probably connected to the Odyssey bank robbery, which happened in 1946. Yep. And all of a sudden, Wick gets super fascinated. He's like, a bank robbery happened here before I lived here, and it's unsolved. Mm-mm. They're solving. Let's, <laughs> let's like, solve it. And then the it's not what like, he sounds like. But I'm the just saying, like, like, no, don't do it. And he's like... Nah, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> exactly. And, and then he's like, and I'm gonna bring this eight, nine, possibly ten year old girl along with me. <laughs> yeah. And you know where we're gonna start? The library. The, the, the library. <laughs> and so they make a beeline to the library to try to yeah. find out what's going on. Well, it's the, the, the other thing <laughs> with that whole, like, with the whole rundown is, yeah, so it's set up that the bank, the bank was robbed, the at the same time that Spencer Barfield disappeared. So yeah. they've always assumed that he did that. There's also probably an accomplice. That's probably who shot him. Yeah. Wait wants to find the accomplice. Yeah. Um, at this point, But Jamie... it's only because they're assuming that Spencer Bar... Barfield? Yeah. Yes. I want yeah, to say right. Barfield. Spencer Barfield is guilty. And Wit's like, yeah, mm, yeah exactly. No, I'm going to do this. And they're like, no, right. it's a closed case. I'm going like, to be objective. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I don't think so. Yeah. I got to play and God a little guess bit. Guess what? I'm going to be right, too. Just <laughs> investigate well, a 40-year-old murder. Yeah. Well, and the Bank thing, robbery. The thing that's so bizarre about it is that he acts, and he later refers to it as, like, his civic duty or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you get this idea that he's like, oh, yeah, the average person can just swoop in, 
solve a murder slash bank robbery by going to the library 40 years old walking up to and the best house. way to start is to go to the library which yeah. okay points for that like Having microfilm isn't yeah. hard when, when you have a, a library, library card, card. i was true. gonna make that joke but you beat me to it well so. i we didn't even get to that part in the episode yet so that's probably why <laughs> yeah, the, point, the point of the matter is is that Wit takes it upon himself that he's gonna try to solve this and it's completely appropriate to just drag Jamie along, which yeah, yeah, yeah. where oh. the crap is Tom right now? Yeah. yeah. It's it's so funny too because there's a point where Jamie's Did so you have ex- fun with Uncle Tom? Yeah, I saw a dead body and went to some strange old guy's house. But Wit told me I should get a library card, so can I get one? <laughs> what? That is yeah. a high level of objectivity. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and and Tom even like when Jamie's getting all excited about this, Tom's like, I don't think this is something to be enjoyed, Jamie. Yeah. Which then if that's your stance, focus, why'd you make this episode, episode for yeah. our entertainment? Well, and there's that, and then, like, at the very end of part two, like, Wit our, like Wit kind of talks about it, and he's like, oh, you know, well, like, it, spoiler, when when it's all wrapped up and whatever, Wit's like, well, I have this constant reminder of all the horrible that money does, and, and the whole yep. crux of yeah, this. Yeah, these episodes is, are about greed, folks. Yeah. Greed and justice. And dragging ten-year-olds along. In places they probably shouldn't be. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Like, there's definitely some endangerment of a minor in this. Right, absolutely. Um, yeah. um, but, you know, she learns a powerful lesson. I yeah. guess. So. <laughs> yeah. Reading people shot and bake. And what trauma is. <laughs> well, that'll come up in therapy years later, but yeah, move on away. But anyway, um, so, so... So, yeah, Wit says that everyone should have a library card because she doesn't, and yeah. this episode turns into a weird... Like after school special, yeah, for like libraries. a bizarre little yeah. like PSA about. I love yeah. libraries; they have everything I want. Books There's... about all kinds of things. Yeah, bo- books about all kinds. Of things. Let me tell you something, John Avery. You're interested in very few things. You're interested in uh, U.S. history. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're interested in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yep. From a certain, ice cream, kind from of. a certain vantage point, you're interested in ice cream, kind of. You're interested in children. <laughs> kind of. And you're interested in turning things that are warm very cold very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest interest of all. Definitely the least appreciated attribute of wit. So underappreciated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that wasn't it. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, man. So, so they find out from this whole thing that there's a guy named Percival... Fenwick. Yes. Which that's a Which name. What of all freaking name. Fenwick. I mean, that man was... grew up wearing Shakespeare pants, correct? <laughs> I mean, he, like the he, tights and the puffy short thing. You ever did you ever imagine I mean, like what would you name your child if you just wanted them to be bullied their entire <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like but he was I also know. Percival. He he yeah. was also he was born in well, he was born in the 20s. 20s or 10s yeah this is 46 he's managing a bank he's gotta yeah. be 30s right um, at least i don't know man they they, they college wasn't a big thing back yeah, then that's, that's fair <laughs> um anyways so so they go um they find wits like oh yeah i remember fenwick he retired recently and now lives in chatwick hill uh shout out to chatwick hill yeah home of erica it- is it really? Yeah, oh my god! The yeah. Colburns oh live in Atlanta. The Colburns live on <laughs> Chatwick Hill. Hill. It's the ritzy neighborhood. That- <gasps> 
That is some real deal consistency that I was not aware of until you yeah, just said that. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much for that. Wow. I only think I could pull that because we've been doing all these episodes. No, yeah, but. there must be there must be some sort of like map that they have of places that they've established in Odyssey, and Chatwick Hill's one of them. There's uh, there's definitely a list. There's no way there's a map. Well, not just a map. like there's Chatwick not a timeline. Hill. Yeah, there yeah. is no map. Yeah. Um. The other thing is, like, during this whole segment where they're, like, snooping around, it just has, like, the greatest, like, private eye soundtrack. Yeah, Yeah. it's so good. Like, I have that sax, though, so many times in my nose. Oh, yeah. It's like... (laughs) And then it cuts to Mysterious Place, and then he's in the library, and we love libraries. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, it's, it's great. So they go and visit... Fenwick and Chatwick Hill. Yep. Wit knocks on the door and it blows open? Magic. Er... That's kind of the sound that it makes. And I remember as a kid just being like, is that a cat? Is that a cat? It was not a cat. It's a door. It's just a door. Yeah. And they hear him like scream from inside. I imagine it's like Groove's house from Despicable Me. It's very tall. Yeah, yeah, definitely tall. Yeah, oh, that, that door is yeah. like three times the height of weight. For like, sure. There's no way. For sure. It's not like a castle door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't tell you this, but they hopped the moat on the way in. Well, and then they hear, <laughs> and then they hear, what, Fenwick cry out or something Yeah, because like he that. stubs his toe. Yeah, which we find out later. Yep. Stub my toe in a door jam. Yeah. I'm getting old. Is that how that works? And he is also, like, his voice, Fenwick's voice. He's got a bad guy voice. Yeah. He has, he has just a ton of, um, of, of African artifacts, like, yeah. hanging on the stuff. Yeah, and, and it's... Like Throughout the whole thing, they just constantly bring up how creepy it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's his one trait as a character is that he's he has... old and he has tribal masks. Yeah. He's old. He likes Africa. Interesting. <laughs> That's some villain foreshadowing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. He's... And what's oh, okay? His... What blows me away? His voice sounds the way that like Scruff feels. Yeah, yeah. Well, like facial and, hair. And Fenwick is voiced by Walker Edmonston. The same yeah. guy as Tom, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, which is what I thought listening to you. Can, like... You can hear it. Yeah, it's not not noticeable. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's there. It's covered a little bit yeah, by no, the Yeah, no, he does a good job. What I love is that even though he's incredibly antisocial, even though he's threatening to call the police, he makes a point of being bitter about his retirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like until they force me to retire. Yeah, yep. like thirty-five years. Bank president for thirty-five years until they force me to retire. And it's like, force me to retire. Boy, that's a that's a bad deal, man. Like, wow. Are we trying to make some kind of a commentary here? Yeah, are we are we talking bad about retirement? I don't yeah. know. But He's then, just a bitter person. Yeah, he is obviously, person. like literally, I, I wrote in my notes, "grouchy old man." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. bitter <laughs> about retirement. <laughs> And he thinks that, because he catches Wit and Jamie, like, snooping around in his house, which, fair enough. Yeah. But then he goes immediately to, like, ah, are you guys after my collection? Like, this is an old Old dude dude. and a tiny girl. Why why would you think they're trying to steal your your masks? (laughs) Yeah. They must want my memorabilia. (laughs) (laughs) That must be it. And then they talk about, like, then they say they want to talk about the bank robbery. Yep. And for a which guy is a heck of a thing to just show up, by the way, at somebody's house and just be like, 
let's just go to this kind of random retiree's house because he was mentioned in a newspaper article. I think he should be, one, at home, yeah. two, still alive. Yeah. And let's oh, just... No, but Wade knows that. And let's just everyone. talk to him. Yeah. And let's just talk to him about it. And let's just like... And let's not ease into it. Just be like, wondered if you could tell me about the Aussie bank robbery. And he's mm-hmm. actually forthcoming about it. And then Venom was like, so... of course. <laughs> actually, but that's not the yeah. way his voice sounds. And so... That is one of the weird things about this episode, though, is that major characters like um, Fenwick and Inspector Howard... Howard's... Howard's, that's right. I cannot believe that there's an S on the end of it. It drives me insane. That is that's really so frustrating. <laughs> but yeah, Why? yeah, yeah. But these, these key it characters seems so unnecessary. have clearly been thinking about this bank robbery for over 40 years. Yeah, well, you have to imagine Odyssey is the sleepiest town before Wit arrives. Nothing of interest has ever happened until it, the world revolves around it during Novacom. <laughs> but, like, up until now, there's... Like, Odyssey is, has had one event, and it was this bank robbery in 46. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's it's like the bread fire, like, or what, like, the, like the bread factory fire. I don't know, like, like, I feel like there's so many old towns, especially in, like, the East Coast or, like, the Midwest, where, like, they just had that one tragedy. Yep, that everyone always... always that is known about, like, that's a bit in, like, uh, that's a bit in Parks and Rec, because it's in Indiana, and, like, I think there's, like, there's a ton of that stuff in Pennsylvania, like, like, the coal towns or whatever. Oh, yeah. They have their one big tragedy. Yeah. Uh, and so, then, so, so he's talking about this, the bank, like, the bank robbery, and he thinks that it's an inside job. Yeah. He's basically thinking that, like, there's, this is when he's talking about the security box, right? Yeah. Yeah, so the whole thing with the robbery is that this bank was robbed, um, but they got in with like without setting off the alarm because they knew where the box was to turn the alarm off, and because it was the forties, they could just do that. Um, and so he's like, ah, I think it, I think it was an inside job. Someone on the police force helped the robbers because only us at the bank and the police force knew where that box was. Um, Which, what I think is incredibly convenient is that Wit takes that and is immediately like, I'm not being redirected. Like, I'm not going to think, oh, maybe somebody from the bank was involved. I'm going to think it was the police force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we're like, wait, Wit, can't we, couldn't it be both both or right. like could nope. we at least look at both sides it's like no 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 no. We're, the bank thing's dead let's well, let's talk to the police for yeah. the record howards is like fairly suspicious yeah he's but, very suspicious because he's super um dismissive of it like he's yeah. he's not leave suspicious well enough alone yeah like leave well enough alone. oh yeah he's so constantly... there's a note on their windshield that says leave well enough alone right yeah. so after they leave um fenwick's house they go back out to the car and uh, Jamie thinks that Wit got a parking ticket, and it's a it's a no. It's like no, I would never get a parking he's ticket. Like, first I'm all, perfect. Well, there's yeah. no sign that says I can't park here. And then they pull out the note, and he's like, "It's typed." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, typed. It's posted. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. It's like, yeah. oh well, they're being secretive. You yeah. can't <laughs> typewriter. I <laughs> wish I wish he had been like. It's a bunch of cutouts from a newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> stitched together letter by letter. Yeah. Glued with rubber cement. 
<laughs> and moves on. Uh, um, with Mod Pod? <laughs> uh, Elmer's non-toxic? <laughs> <laughs> and so then he goes to talk to, to Howards, and Howards explains that he was on the... Inspector Howards. Yes. This, this uh, I don't know, the police detective. Yeah. Um, he, he explains that he uh, he blacked out at the robbery. He yeah, he, like, he was a rookie. He blacked out at the robbery. And also, he's like three days away from retiring or something like yeah. that. Or like nine days away. Yeah. And and the uh and that fenwick has always blamed him for the robbery yeah um, right so we're getting a little bit more of the story when yeah. uh, the further in we get the more we get this idea that the robbery happened inspector howards was a, a rookie he passed out yep before he could get a good look at the robbers mm. um he Everybody accused him of fainting. He was knocked out, but he wasn't but hit. he doesn't think that he fainted. Right. Nothing like that's ever happened since. Mm-hmm. So he's right. confused by it. It's embarrassing. It's humiliating. Right. And that and gives him the motive for then wanting wit to dismiss the case. Right. Because he's like, look, it's ancient history. It's very painful history for me, he says. Yeah. you know. So it's like, I mean, you kind of get a sense of sympathy, but... But he's also just totally sweeping it under the rug right yeah and it's it's setting up as though like this would be um that this would be him like oh now wit's going to think like howard's did it because he's got this horrible mm-hmm. alibi and all this stuff yeah but it is his, his out it's so bad like the problem with his him explaining this thing and being like oh, yeah i blacked out i don't know what happened and that like that puts him under more suspicion but yeah. it shouldn't, because if you're going to lie about why you blacked out during a robbery, or, like, why you um, didn't cash a robber, this is the dumbest lie exactly. to tell. It's so to be stupid. Like, I don't think I fainted, but I don't know why I blacked out. Yeah. Like, come up with a better lie if you're going to lie, so it's yeah. probably not a lie. Like, Yeah, exactly. Occam's razor, right? If it's, like, the simplest solution is the obvious one, and yeah. he made the weirdest. weirdest solution of what could happen. And also, yeah, I have questions. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get into but, it for next episode. Yeah. But this is an important moment for us because Inspector Howard's, when he dismisses Wit and tells him that he should drop the case, he tells him to leave well enough alone. Yes. Which Wit doesn't immediately jump on. He yeah. he doesn't realize that until later when he goes back to Wit's End. It's apparently the end of the first day of this case, which oh by the way, as far as I can tell, is solved in two days. Two days. Two Bank days. robbery. Two days. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's like a like a surrealist play or something. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> so he goes back to Wit's End. Um, no, this yeah, is yeah well, yeah. So so he. He's mad at Howard's before he leaves for right. Howard's not wanting to talk to, about it to do it, and he's like, you know, like what lesson does this teach? You know, crime does pay if you wait long enough. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's how the statute of limitations works. Wait. Yeah. In yeah. Illinois, where we assume Odyssey takes place, the statute of limitations for unarmed bank robbery is five years. Wow. That's <laughs> it shockingly has been forty short. years. Third, that I is know shockingly, <laughs> shockingly. That is shockingly short. That is wow. Shockingly short. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> shortly shocking. Um. <laughs> so, anyways, and then yeah. they're, they're they're a strange woman when they get back to its end. Yeah, Connie's there. It's really funny. 
in these early episodes, like the the last one or this one, and then and then when we cover part two, I think it's similar. Connie is just like the like most minor of characters. Yeah, yeah. Like normally, like nowadays, when they like if Connie's gonna be in an episode, she's a main player for sure. But at this point, she's, she's entirely supplemental. She's just Nick. Yeah, like, Jamie's more su- like Jamie's more of a main character. Oh yeah, than yeah. Episode, Connie sure. just like gets a couple lines, which nowadays mm-hmm. they'd not put her in an episode if she yeah. was only gonna say like one line. Yeah, um, which is it's so really, funny. It's really funny. Um, but a strange woman dropped by Wit's end, left him, left an envelope for Wit, and inside that envelope is a headline that says "Police in Car Chase." Yeah. Hello, vague. Yeah. Yeah, it's the headline from, from a newspaper from right. five days after the bank robbery. Right. So a newspaper that is forty years old. old that yep. Someone has been holding, holding on, on to. to. Yeah. <laughs> unless maybe did... they went to the library. No, but those were on uh, microfilm. microfilm. Yeah. So you can't make a cutout unless they would be able to print up. A, but no. no. Like, why? Why? You were holding on to this for forty years. You saw this in, and you were like, "All right, now this thing that I've held on to for forty years, I'm going to." Cut it up. That is the I'm gonna long game. Put it game. in an envelope. I'm gonna give it to a girl to give to a man I have never met. <laughs> yeah. Also, that is the longest of cons. <laughs> Just so, did she cut only the headline out? years ago and she's just been right holding on to that just the or headline? did she have the entire article i think she, and she just gave with the headline to be like "Ooh, mysterious but yeah. also <laughs> i'm gonna very obviously follow you around yeah yeah like, it is uh, yeah it's 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 just like it's trying to make this it's 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 doing a mystery novel yeah so so we get that yeah right we definitely get that that's for sure in a classic case of who done it yeah yeah and it's at this point that Wit starts to speculate that the inspector was in on it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of the leave well enough alone yeah. and the, um, his alibi right. being so crappy. Yeah, so he realizes that Howards has been following him. He realizes that he is invested in the case to some degree. But what's interesting is he immediately makes a negative assumption that his involvement with Wit's investigation is not... To try to solve the case, it's to try to throw it off and to keep the case from being solved. He never suspects that Howards is secretly trying to do his job as an inspector. He only assumes that he's got some kind of a negative involvement that he wants to keep hidden. Yeah. Cue basement most bone-chilling basement noise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It legitimately... um, Chose your bones. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do you remember what the White Walkers scream sounded like in Game of Thrones? Yes. Yeah. It was like that for me as a child. <laughs> yeah. It was just like it's like <clears throat> and we, it does. It kinda sounds like Gold. somebody is scraping old dusty glass with a nail. It's horrible. Yeah. yeah. And it's a raspy voice that says, Whittaker, stay out, out of, of my way. way. Well, no, because then he goes into the basement, right? Yeah, yeah, He goes yeah, out oh, in yeah. the basement. He goes down to the basement to investigate the What's noise. going... And then... <laughs> like, I can't even... I can't do it. out of my way. And then he just, like, pushes them into a bunch of boxes. Yep. And yeah, but they do out. such a good job of making that sound like anything could have happened because you hear yes. Wit go... Yeah. Which yeah. is a weird sound to hear. Yeah. And then the boxes almost sound like they're coming from 
everywhere. Yeah. Like, it kind of sounds like, okay, so like, what's falling down the stairs? The they boxes are falling down light, the stairs. Just... The boxes are falling above Wit, onto Wit. Yeah. He's falling into boxes. Is he in the closet at this point? It's an incredibly... He no, he's, no, he's clearly he's on the stairs. Yeah. yeah. But it's just like such an... Yeah. It's such an ambiguous, almost like... um. It almost sounds like it's happening like underwater or something. Yeah, like it's the, so the sound effects are so interesting. Yeah, omnidirectional. Yeah. Uh, and that's and then yeah. Connie finds Wit, and that's where the episode ends. Yeah, that's really Wit, awesome. Wit, and, and that's the end. Yep, and, and we get great music to go out. On. Oh, it's so yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so and then good. the gong. They yeah, there's a gong. Yeah, like the, and the Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody. They know yeah. it's so it's so mysterious. It's around the same so time, um, yeah. Uh, I, I've got a, I've got two really good anecdotes um, from the official guide. Okay, um, uh, that are just uh, are they're just stories about Walker Edmonston from recording these episodes. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> so so during the scene where they're lifting the large wardrobe. Mm-hmm. They uh Housemith thought that they started recording and so he starts making all the noises like he's trying to lift the thing. <laughs> and then he realized that they hadn't started recording yet. And so he's just <laughs> bent down going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And and then uh and it's at that point that uh, Walker Evanston goes, ready when you are, wit <laughs> which then becomes like a catchphrase of yeah. Tom's throughout. Yep. Throughout the series, that's um, so funny. So they so they use it a bunch later, but it was really that's so really that's so interesting. Um, and then the other thing is, Walker Evanston just seems like he was the most fun to yeah. record with. Yeah, because they talk about um when they uh, when they discover the the uh, the skeleton. Mm-hmm. Um, Walker howled like a wolf. What? That's the mood. He just said, <laughs> and so they later use that howl. Really? In other, what? In other stuff. What? Oh my god! It doesn't cite specific ones, but they said you're telling we me often required Walker to howl in later recording sessions for mysterious or comedic effect. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> So now I just want to any listen through the episodes, and when I hear a howl, be like, uh, "Is that him? Is that is that, is that Tom? Uh, yeah, is that Tom? <laughs> Sir Thomathan Riley? Sir Thomathan? <laughs> yeah, oh my oh, lord! The the other thing, sorry that we that we forgot to hit on is um, Inspector Howard's is voiced by Earl Bowen, mm-hmm. um, who will go on to voice Edwin and Regis Blaggard. Yes, yes. Um, so this is. He this is his first real role in mm-hmm. the show. Um, although I think he was in some family portraits, but he he becomes. Uh, is this Inspector Howard's only episode? Uh, I think these two. Yeah, these two, obviously. But um, I think so. But yes, yeah, they are. Okay. And does he play other roles besides this before Blackard? Uh, probably. He he's played a bunch of different people. I don't know what his. Okay. What his follow up is to this, if it is, if he does jump straight to, well, we and we can cover some of that stuff when we actually start covering Black. Oh wait, no, his next appearance after this is the Nemesis, so it is. It's Black. He does jump right to Blackard. Okay. But yeah, well, uh, 
I guess closing thoughts for the episode. Yeah. Unless you have anything else. I I don't have. What, what are your, what are your closing thoughts, Dylan? Um, I like the mystery intrigue sound design. Yeah. Like this is this episode does have so much nostalgia. It it's like a it's, it's like so a classic yeah. Odyssey episode and is so much of what made me fall in love with the show. It's also so simple mm-hmm. compared to like for all that it's doing. Yeah, it's not. It's not this elaborately plotted thing yeah. with all of these characters interweaving. Like it's a it's a straightforward story with a like with a bunch of characters that only exist in these episodes. Yeah. Like the only per like Tom and Wit continue to be in the mm-hmm. show. That's it. Yeah. Everyone else is only in these episodes. Yeah. And like that's okay. Yeah, I, no, no, no. Like, that's what I'm saying. Is is it's nice that they can do that. Yeah. Um, just so a limited cast. Yeah. Yeah. And they, I mean, I think that that's credit to one, like you said, like the dynamic between the actors and two, like a really good sound engineering. Like it yeah. feels very radio drama, radio mystery. Like, yeah. and maybe it was trying to be a throwback or maybe it's just old enough that that's what it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is, this is Bob Luttrell doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think of design. things like Perry Mason or whatever. I mean, it's a lot older than this. So, yeah. I mean, they definitely have a lot of good source material to draw from, but yeah. yeah. Well, what and- I actually am kind of perplexed about is why, like when I hear episodes like this, I hear Odyssey going in a specific, a really specific direction. And I hear them doing it in a kind of like all chips in sort of way. Yeah. Like they're, they almost have like no obligation to try to make it super adventures and odyssey ish. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like, no, it's the characters, but this is what's happening. This is the kind of story that we want to tell. So right. let's mm-hmm. tell that kind of story with the characters that we've already established. Right. And I don't, I would love to know the conversations that went on around this beforehand and after, because one of the things I love about it is that there really aren't a lot of episodes quite like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are a couple of. I mean, there, of course, we know like there's other intriguing episodes I mean, of so Odyssey. There's, yeah. there's, there's but they're, but they're so distinctly mysteries. different from this. Yeah. Same thing with the music. Like, the music is creepy as heck. Like yeah. they actually went for it with that. Yeah. And oh, yeah. what they were trying to make it, and there is a big part of me that wonders if they decided to like scale it back a little bit. Because, I mean, we also, this same album has The Last Great Adventure of the Summer on it, Mm. which is uh, a story of the kid who's been home all summer and feels like he missed out. Right. And then at the very last moment, he and his dad get kidnapped by spies, literally by spies, and they're taken to, like, London or something like that. And it's very James Bond-ish. And... I mean, we never get anything like that. Yeah, I think I think so much of Odyssey at this early stage is them still finding their footing. Yeah, right. Like they're trying to figure out what this show is. Well, and, and I don't. We're so used to looking at Odyssey and like Odyssey operating underneath this enormous umbrella of hundreds of episodes right. that they've already That's established, exactly and we're so early on that like. That umbrella isn't there. Like, right. like, even just talking about the fact that Wit just bought Wit's End feels weird to me. Like, in my head, like, Wit was always in Wit's End. and But the truth of the matter is, there really is a 
time and and when this came out like there you know Connie wasn't a big player right. that's, and that's, Tom that's was thing. like probably the closest like Tom was the second largest player by far yeah like you're not we're not looking like we're looking at this knowing all that Odyssey becomes yeah but at the time this probably doesn't stick out as being a weird episode because nobody knows what a normal episode of Odyssey is yet. Exactly. And it's just like, it's a radio drama. It, what it right. sounds like is a, an old school radio mystery radio yep. drama. And they yeah. knock that out of the park. And part of me is disappointed that they don't bring that back to a certain extent. You know, I mean, I don't know if it would play as well now if they were to try and do something like this. Yeah. Um, but... I would definitely be intrigued. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I would enjoy a... I like the like, side of Odyssey a lot. I would I would really enjoy a... If they put all of their production value and everything else into a spinoff that it was just like a detective show that yeah. maybe was like loosely Christian and yeah. like they just released like podcast feeds. Like... Mm-hmm. That I genuinely think that that could gain traction. Yeah, like it's not. Yeah, this is yeah genuinely. I mean, if we're talking closing thoughts for this episode, it's genuinely very good in a yeah. way that is. I'm glad you picked it. It's so different from everything else we've talked about. Yeah, although like you can see the DNA of like but Nova very pr- yeah very like, primitively though. Right. Oh yes, very much so. But even. Even stuff like when they discover the mm-hmm. tunnel in Witsang, so, that sort of stuff feels derivative of this. Yeah. One of the things that they're doing in this episode, and we'll get on it on the next, when we talk about the next episode, part two, um, is they're combating an element, like they're trying to teach a moral lesson, yes, they're trying to tell an entertaining, an entertaining story that communicates a moral lesson, and it's about greed. Really, it's just about, like, greed makes people do terrible things. Um, Whereas later episodes, like, for example, the Novacom series, feels a lot more like they're trying to combat more timely or culturally relevant things, like the dangers of new new technology and that kind of thing. Which, to be honest, doesn't age as well. Right. Like, I mean, I still love Novacom because it's nostalgic as heck to me. And, like, I loved it as a kid. Of course I love it now. It's still interesting. It's still whatever. But it doesn't age as well as something where it's like, oh, there was a bank robbery. It was 40 years ago. So it's already supposed to be outdated. Right. But the lesson that we're learning from this is really terrible things happen when people are greedy. Which is, I I mean, it's always a powerful moral lesson. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. All, All right. right. Um, anybody got plugs? No. No. Yeah. I'm. All, I'm also. I'm also. Uh, plug free. free of plugs. We'll. We'll eventually. I don't know. I'll eventually come up with something to plug. But yeah. Uh, but for now, uh, we will see you guys next week covering big shocker here, episode forty, the case of the secret room, part, part two. two. Bye, guys. Bye. Wadfam Chalk Pod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. 
Follow the podcast Wadfam Chalk Pod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. Episode 49, The Case of the Secret Room, Part 1, was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Acebo, with special guest Brendan Acebo. It was edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Woody Haverstick, inviting you to join us next week for more of the Wadfam Chalk Pod.